0: Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Welcome, everyone, to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very special guest with us. Welcome, Bunny. So happy to have you. I'm so grateful to be here. And I had the pleasure of coming on your podcast. So it's so yeah, great I was to... Say, and talking
1: to you again. It's so nice to talk to you again. We had such a good conversation.
0: Yes, we did. And I want to give the audience just a little bit of an intro on you. Um, so about Bunny Michael... A spiritual coach, multidisciplinary artist who has dedicated their work to awakening higher self, the manifestation of love within all humans deconditioned by the limitations of ego identity. Just from that sense alone, it's like, we have so much to talk about. (laughs) I love it. Um, Using writing, visual art, music, and performance, Bunny has shared their higher self message on stages throughout the United States and Europe. What began as a viral meme series on Instagram, garnering over 200,000 followers, has now expanded to a popular advice podcast, XO Higher Self. And a book deal with Little Brown Imprint, Voracious Books, set for publication fall 2023. Wow, I'm so excited to talk to you about that. Um, Bunny is a Made in NY Women's TV Film and Theater Fund grant recipient and currently co-creating, writing, and starring in a new web series, What Would Higher Self Do? You are one impressive person. Welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just like constantly. Dri- I'm just so driven, and it, I just can't. I can't let up. Maybe I need I actually need to let up a little bit more.
0: <laughs> you and I talked about this last time too, because I remember. I was sharing with you about writing a book and you're writing a book and both of us were kind of just acknowledging that process. Yeah. How's that going for you? Tell us, how's the book writing? It's going really, it's going well in one sense.
1: Like I am making progress. I hit like a big hump the past couple of months, kind of just a midway hump. And I haven't quite been able to like go again. But, you know, all these things happen. I was traveling, I got COVID, you know, once you get off that train of, you know, writing every day, it's really, you got, it takes time to get back into the groove, but it's coming together and I'm, I'm like, you know, learning as I'm doing it, researching as I'm doing it. So it's funny because it's kind of, healing me as I'm writing it (laughs) in a lot of ways too Um, so it's kind of just taken on this whole life of its own and and I heard a lot of times people say like the process of writing a book can make somebody go bonkers and I have had those moments but I'm also just so excited to like have all the information in this like clear, concise way with the tools and the message and the story behind it. I'm just so excited to create this book to give people. Like it's really exciting.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think that um piece you shared about healing, I can so relate to that as I've worked on the book and telling telling stories and being able to really process it yourself. I don't know about you but I also really had to deal with a lot and and maybe this will happen for you throughout it too but just once again not caring what people think about me or you know not trying to drop the perfectionism and oh what are people going to think about my decision to speak in this way, or maybe not sound Mm -hmm. quite as much like a clinical psychologist and sound more Mm -hmm. relatable Mm -hmm. and human. So anyways, it was this whole exercise in not caring what people think at an Mm -hmm. even deeper level for me. Yeah. Because
1: it's sort of like, you know, your authentic self is your greatest asset. And it's really about understanding, okay, like what is it that I'm bringing to the table? And, and, and the process of that is like really having to look at yourself <laughs> yes. and I, and I also have doing like a lot of personal anecdotes. So I had to like interview my family and my mom and the history of our, da, 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 da. so
0: it's like digging into like, all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of unearthing for you and going mm-hmm. through that process. Yeah, definitely. What's, what's so interesting. So I'm actually, uh. I haven't even shared this with people but I'll put it out there the book is coming out this fall for me so it'll be out by November of 2022. Awesome. awesome. Um but what I realize is the version of me who initially wrote that book it's actually different now because if we're we're either growing or dying, right? We're always yeah. evolving. Yeah, I'm sure. But at some point you just accept, okay, that's what I was able to provide to the world at that time. And that's, what's going to be released. And I know that it's going to help people, even if the version I am now is a little bit farther along than -hmm. the version of me who wrote it. So such an interesting
1: experience. I know the delay, the like whole year after you write it before it comes out or, or even more is kind of wild. It's just like, Whoa, that's,
0: That's a long time. It is. It is. (sighs) Anyways, I could talk to you about this probably the whole interview, but I'm really want to connect with you and your story. Can you tell our audience a bit about why this path of doing the work that you do and helping Mm -hmm. people and inspiring people? What brought you here? What's your, your why behind doing it?
1: Yeah, well, I am an artist, musician, visual artist, performer, have been uh, doing that for many years. I'm 39 right now, so I've been performing and doing stuff since my early 20s in New York City. And after all the years of the ups and downs of career and, you know, struggling to for success um you know wanting to be famous and then at the same time dealing with my own mental health issues and my own trauma and you know all that stuff in in 2016 i kind of just i was at an all-time low in terms of being hard on myself i had just gotten out of a long-term relationship i just got dumped and it was I I pretty much thought to myself, oh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. Or (laughs) it was like that point where I was like, maybe love isn't real kind of thing. Um, And then one day I was at my apartment and sitting on my bed and I had this vision and I saw another version of myself um, come up to me and like, hold me and put arms around me and hold me and say, you have always been enough. You're okay. Like you can, you're enough just how you are. And the experience was so relieving. It was like this huge relief. Um, And I realized in that moment that all of this validation that i had been seeking for so long from my parents my partners my art career um in the uh the internet i had been pushing so hard for that type of validation and the whole time what i had been looking for was myself what i had been really searching for was the part of me that already knew i was enough and I really needed to have literally see myself giving myself that validation, like see myself come outside of myself to show that to me. And after that experience, I decided to create a meme on Instagram. And it was around the time when there was these evil Kermit memes going around. I don't know if you remember this, but it was like the two Kermit, the frogs, and it was the evil Kermit, like saying the lower thought. And I was like, what if I started making memes with two pictures of me? And I started saying like the higher thought Mm -hmm. because that's actually what I need right now. And so I just started making them and I really had no expectation. I wasn't thinking in terms of, Oh, this is like some way for me to get a following or do this as a job or anything like that. I just thought, you know what? I can't try to put art out in the world anymore to like, or I can't, I'm so burnt out from trying to figure out what to post. That's going to make me a successful artist. I was like, all i can do is just be honest about this journey like all i can do is be totally vulnerable like and and show that this is actually what's going on with me like i'm in this process where i can have that lower thought and also have that higher self thought and i'm in this process of unlearning that um, hierarchical condition that we are born into, you know, we're born into this belief system in our society, our culture, our world. And I use the term learned hierarchical belief, um, or LHBs, I say a lot, <clears throat> but basically any belief that is something you were told where you see you see yourself and other people on a scale of human worth, right? So you're either better or worse than somebody based on, it doesn't even matter what it is, you know, your looks, your career, your followers, your body size, how spiritual you are, whatever it is, you know, these these hierarchies that we've created are LHBs. And so from that moment, I realized that My healing process is really uncovering where these thoughts are coming from. And it's a combination of our societal conditioning and our trauma and being able to let go of being able to know you are enough is really being able to understand and have conscious awareness of where those thoughts of unworthiness are coming from, not so that you get to a point where you never think that anymore, because I don't think that that's actually really totally possible in this world because we're constantly being bombarded with them, but to a place where you stop identifying with those thoughts. And so that to me is what, who your higher self is who you really are, who the part of you that knows that you are not that, you know, the, those judgments and, that, and part of that hierarchy, the part of you that knows you are whole, and switching your identification from I'm not enough to I've always been enough. And it really takes the constant, you know, (laughs) practice of changing that perception and and becoming more aware of the historical, cultural, political um, causes of where, why you're thinking the things you're thinking uncovering that, those layers and having a really compassionate um, and and knowing that even in this process, in this journey, that self-compassion through that process of unlearning is actually the key, right? Because it's not about, oh, you need to get to some point, some goal where you're totally deconditioned from your learned hierarchical beliefs. It's about Getting into that place where, you know, your higher self knows that you're whole right now in this moment. And that's actually what's going to enable you to go forward. So that's what ha- basically happened. I started sharing those memes every single day and got, you know, people started following it. And it was the time when, you know, Instagram was really like blowing up. And and then I just realized, actually, that's what I'm meant to be doing. Like, this is actually the work that I am meant to be doing. And so I I I, sit, I do that message in all different formats of, you know, I'm an artist, so I do it in all different kinds of ways.
0: Thank you so much for sharing this. I am so glad to get to know you on this level. And just like many people, I've seen your work on Instagram and have always thought that it's inspiring and helpful and always helps me kind of slow down and give myself self-compassion and think about my higher self. Um, there's there's just so much value in what you do, but it's it's really great to connect with you on a deeper level and hear, hear kind of how you got there. And I, I love how when you slowed down and connected with yourself and started putting out what was true for you, that's what really attracts people to us when we are our authentic selves, right? Yeah.
1: I always, you know, I really learned that. People aren't attracted to expertise. They're
0: attracted to authenticity. Exactly. And you do such a beautiful job of that. Um, so all of this, you're, you're learning all this, you're on this journey, you're creating all this content. Um, I'm curious, because you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about relationships and dating and really mm-hmm. allowing yourself to attract a healthy great relationship mm-hmm. how does this awareness of the higher self help us in our relationships and i know that could be like a 5 hour thing but like yeah. what would you say well we first have to understand you know that
1: our culture conditions us to think that we're not whole until we find our person right so that puts pressure on our relationships to make us whole
0: Oh my which, gosh! We have to pause just for a second because that is so powerful. Yeah, so many of us resonate with that. It's the messaging everywhere that there's something wrong with you if you're not in a relationship.
1: Yes, yes. Um, or that the, everything's right with you if you are. I mean, it's it's that's it's not going to that pressure to find the one till death do you part, which is the story we've been told since we were little um it it's it keeps you from actually having a higher self-connection to your partner or even people that you're just dating because they no longer are a separate autonomous person they're the thing that's going to make you okay with yourself and of course over time that always cracks under that pressure people people crack under the pressure relationships crack under that pressure. Um, or, you know, people cling to relationships because even if they're not working for them, because they're afraid that they won't be complete without them, you know? So it's like, so there's that aspect Mm -hmm. for sure. And then there's the actual like day to day compassion and communication with your partner and understanding that your partner has their own set of learned hierarchical beliefs, their own set of trauma, their own set of um, comfortability with certain types of communication, all of that stuff, right? So as you have compassion for yourself in the process of your own healing and knowing that you are not defined by that stuff, but that is the things you're working with. Those are the cards you've been dealt with. You can have compassion for other people in your life and recognize that it's not always going to look the same. You're not always going to have the same needs and really seeing the higher self in somebody is also being able to see that their stuff doesn't define them either.
0: This is so, so. powerful. And the word that's coming to me as you're talking about this is freedom. hmm so when we're in relationships where we both have taken ownership for our identities and our worth, and we understand that our partner does not determine our worth, I feel like there's so much more freedom and we're, we're removing that pressure for our partner to tell us that, oh yeah, I'm good enough because I'm in a relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it actually, and it it's not like. That makes them not dependable. You know, it actually makes it them you both be way more present with each other, and be able to you know, be there for each other in a way that actually is supportive, because you can actually see what's needed. It, you know, the, how I like to think about like accessing your higher self is real is literally changing your vision. It's literally seeing a whole other reality um, where you see people's wholeness and it changes everything, (laughs) you know, it, it really, really changes everything about your strategy in life. Um, like what the, what really the goals are, what is, you can actually see kind of like what is going on behind like the behavior. Um, and it, and in order to see that you really have to separate the conditioning from the human being, the soul, the spirit, or what, you know, whatever term you want to, however you want to think about it. Cause that frees them to, for them to not identify themselves with it either. Right. I love this so much.
0: Yeah. I love it so much and thinking about self-compassion and if we are not compassionate to ourselves, then we cannot be that way to another. That's just how it is. But the deeper that we show up that way for ourselves, the more we can do that for other people. And I think about too, when, when we see that higher self of, of someone else and we understand them at their core, Mm -hmm. it's amazing how seeing that creates more of that in your relationship. And, you know, of course we could get into all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things there. But, but when we see that reality and we see that version of our partner, we create space for them to step into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a feedback loop. It is.
1: And it doesn't mean you're always going to stay together. You know, it it doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden you're cool with everything. You don't have boundaries. It actually helps you understand what's needed in the situation. Um, Like where love is, what love is guiding you to do, whether that means walking away um, or, or staying there. So it's not like it's like an automatic, because I see the higher self in you. That means we need to share our life together.
0: Right. And, and I know the audience is going to ask me about this now that we're talking about this. So what happens when you do see that version of someone, but they're not able to show up that way and they're Mm -hmm. really struggling? Like how, how would you go about navigating that?
1: Well, what I always say to people when they're not sure, like if this relationship is, is working for them, I always ask them if if they're able to continue on their own healing path within the relationship because i do think that people are different and they grow and evolve in different ways at different times and sometimes you can like because you're in your healing thing and you're working on this issue you have this like tunnel vision like you're like oh well i get emotional intelligence about um, I don't know, chores or something. And my partner doesn't get it, you know, like at all, why this is important. And they still don't get it because they're not evolved and they haven't done the work and blah, blah, blah. But then there's a whole other issue that your partner is way more emotionally mature about, but you're not necessarily, you're not aware of that because you don't have the awareness yet. Right. So what I first want to see is that, in the relationship, are you able and feel free to be on your healing journey, feel supported on your healing journey? And is the other person committed to theirs? And that's something that you two are consciously um, supporting each other in. Because it's not about you know this hierarchy of who's more advanced than the other person. It's really about the willingness to be accountable to that work. Like my partner for example is years younger than me. They're they're 35 and I'm 39. That could, that's not a huge difference, right? That's only 4 years. But when I think about where I was when I was 35 compared to now, I've grown so much since then. But they're a completely different person with a completely different history and a completely different curriculum. So yeah, like I feel like I'm a little more, you know, advanced in in the sense of like understanding like career stuff and confidence about my art and all that kind of thing. But they're showing me things that I didn't even realize I needed. But when you do realize that it's, that it's something that isn't working for you or it's not sustainable, you have to also understand that the loving thing to do is to end it because breaking up is an act of love because if you don't want to be, if you, if it's not working in that relationship, it's because you're not getting what you need. And if you're not getting what you need, that means you can't give them what they they need
0: either. Right. Mm, let's say that again, breaking up is an act of love. Some people really need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it is.
1: When you break up with somebody, you're telling them, I can't give you what you need. Um, and because of that, like, I'm not what you need. You know, we're not, and it's like the, the hard part about breaking up, not to go on a a separate thing, but like the hard part about breaking up is that when you're the one that you is doing the breaking up, it seems like you have some kind of advantage because you've been internally processing the situation for a while. So you have, you're ahead of the game in terms of processing. And I think that's why when it actually happens, it can feel so hard and scary and traumatic and shocking. And hurtful, because one person is so much ahead, more ahead in the processing, but you do eventually get there. But, um, but I yeah, so that, shared
0: that, cause I have an episode, I don't know when it's coming out, but it was how to break up with someone. And I mm-hmm. literally said that same exact thing. So we're so, yeah. so in sync bunny and that it's, it's so true, but yeah, back to what you were saying, I want to just pinpoint um, the piece about ownership, because I feel like you explained that so beautifully that if you have two people who are both taking ownership for their own healing, their own growth, and you realize that those paths are different, you're not going to be at the same place at the exact same time, but that both people have taken ownership. And then the accountability piece I just want to make sure that the audience and myself understand this, but accountability would be communicating about that growth and probably being accountable to the dynamic of the partnership and the relationship and how that's functioning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And checking in on that, you know, like there's this whole like, You're having a like physical relationship in terms of like the conversations you're having and the things that you're doing in the house that you have, whatever. But then there's this whole other inner thing that's going on between both of you and in the relationship. It's this and like it's like you the relationship is its own. um, It's like this own organic thing
0: that you're both nurturing a living, breathing entity.
1: Yeah. Living breathing entity. And, you know, it's just like if you had a child and you two were both discussing, Oh, well, you know, like we need to get uh, some more pajamas or, Oh, like they, you know, like we need to do this or whatever. It's like, you are both committed to like tending and caring for the relationship. Um, And, 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 and you both know kind of are on the same page of what
0: that is, what's going on at any given time. Absolutely. I, I love that so much. And I think what's most important is that commitment. Well, I think first off to yourself is probably the most important, but then second would be to the relationship health and Mm -hmm. not always that it's going to work out because we have no control over that, but it's the commitment to being willing to tune in and connect with each other about what it is that the dynamic needs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know I'm sure probably people who are listening to your podcast are in relationships, maybe with a partner who wouldn't be necessarily listening to this podcast or wouldn't be necessarily like going to therapy and all of that kind of thing. And I think that it's really important for us to remember that healing and growth and spirituality can come in all different kinds of packaging. Um, and not to get too tunnel vision about what that looks like, but um, cause you know, for me, for example, like <laughs> it's really funny in my, marriage, when we first started dating, like Kara knew what I, that I was like an artist and all this stuff and was really not into the fact that I was spiritual, which is really funny because that's like all I am, (laughs) you know, like that's who I am. Right. And they are, but they were turned off by this like concept in their mind of what that is. And so because they had this concept in their mind of what that is, I had this concept in my mind that they weren't spiritual. Then when we got to know each other, I realized, oh my gosh, they're one of the most spiritual people I've ever met in my life. They just don't call it that. Like they go on walks alone. They they tend to their plants. They get really meditative about their art. They have their own realm within themselves. That is their autonomous spiritual connection. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that at first you might not see that, you know, in the person that you love. And then when you start to really kind of open your mind and see their higher self, you can really see how their spirit is so alive, You know, like their spirit is so alive, like look at their kindness, like look at their compassion, look at their generosity, look at their willingness to nurture you. You know, there's, there's all there's, it's really like, you know, I guess I'm just trying to say that because I don't want people to be like too tunneled about, you know, what a healing Mm -hmm. relationship can be.
0: I I love that we're talking about this because I think this is a lot of growth and maturity in relationships when we realize that we can get clear on what's important to us and the things that really matter in a connection, but we should let go of controlling what it looks like or mm-hmm. how it happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we do that, we actually enjoy relationships so much more and we allow ourselves to receive so much more easily. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: And it's also, you know, like it's so wild because love people have different ways of expressing love. And, and so if you're not open, um, if you're too tunnel vision or too trying to control what it should look like, you're going to miss out on get receiving all that love. Like you were saying like,
0: mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I didn't realize that every time they brought me a cup of coffee, like it was a deeply meaningful thing to them. Like, you know what yes. I mean? Like it was a way for them to show me how much it's, yeah. it's all that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. Like when I started dating, um, uh, my partner, we would always talk about, you know, dinners and I don't know about you, but I hate cooking. I cannot cook. I refuse. (laughs) Um, And I I, I'd I'd rather not cook, but that's, that's me. Yeah. So, so you totally get it, but Mm -hmm. I brought it up to him and I was like, can we just get microwaved meals? Like I just, I want pre prepared things. I want it to be quick and easy and he was able to say don't you see that that's how i show my love for you i prepare you these dinners every night and i'm out here grilling and getting and prepping and getting it all ready because i love you so much and that that really hit me of you know slowing down and saying well everyone's way of expressing is different right mhm
1: yeah For sure. And 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 now you can really enjoy that. Now that you know, you can be like, oh, like instead of it making you feel guilty for not cooking or like you're not a good enough partner or whatever, like you can just receive that, that love.
0: Yes. Just receive it. And if I had controlled it and said, okay, we're doing this meal prep and we're going to go with this company, then I would have missed out on that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's just such a lesson of be, be in tune. Don't try to control um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And just like you tuning into your partner and it's curiosity, isn't it? It's saying like, well, how are they spiritual? Let me learn about them. Let me be so curious about who they are. And I, I really think that's one of the ways that we embody love when we show up with curiosity and we genuinely want to deeply know people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also things that you can like point out too about them, you know, and, and kind of nurture that part of them too. And, and you realize like, you know, now Kara and I connect on a consciously on like a spiritual level, like, you know, it's no longer like this thing that we're not connected about, you know, and we, we have deep spiritual conversations now that we both kind of understand each other's, um, separate experience. Um, so it, it does evolve, you know, it can evolve to be, it can evolve to become this whole other beautiful, magical thing.
0: Absolutely. And if you had not had that curiosity in your relationship, you might've missed out on that.
1: Yeah, I've been like, oh, wait, I can't like date you. You don't go to yoga or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Or something like that, you know.
0: (laughs) And I I think something else, and I wonder if this is true for you, but just getting to a place where you realize that your partner cannot meet all of your relational needs, like there's just no way and that you have to meet them for yourself and you have to have other relationships as well, right? Yes, Yes, you have to
1: have other friendships where you can talk about other things, other interests. Like, you know, it's that's yeah. so important. So important.
0: There, yeah, there's the myth of there's going to be one person just like you know we talked about the myth of your worth is determined by a relationship there's also that false belief of there's this one soulmate and they're going to be everything to you. And they're going to come when you least expect it. Like, and then they're just going to completely fill up your life. But yeah.
1: And that's also a relatively new concept. Like before the nuclear family unit, like before the industrialization actually facilitated people to be able to leave their extended families and the family farm and create their own family and to have these nuclear families because of like factories and stuff like that and people being able to to move out. Like we lived in a place where we were so much more community based, where we had these extended families and and took care of each other and how all everybody had a different role to play. And you didn't just depend on the one (laughs) partner. And with this like Um, elevation of, or this hierarchy of like nuclear families seeming to be the goal, this like story that that is the goal of success, or that's what success looks like, or that's what happiness looks like. It kind of now puts all this responsibility on these two people to fulfill each other's needs and may possibly even fulfill children's needs you know, all of, all on their own. And it's, it's really like, it, it, it's really like too much on a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's so that's, it's so important to nurture your other relationships and to keep having that community and, and having those platonic friendships and prioritizing that is so, it's so, it's so good for you and it's good for the relationship.
0: I love that you're sharing this with us. And I think there's probably people listening who are having light bulbs go off and a deeper understanding of maybe why past dynamics didn't work out and just realizing that when we do put so much pressure on one dynamic and on one person, Mm -hmm. it's impossible to sustain Mm -hmm. that connection. So yeah. I'm very aware of this um, in terms of building friendships, building relationships, connecting with family. Um, And I do feel like there is kind of a movement to return to more communities and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if it was going through a pandemic or, or what, but I feel like I've sort of felt a shift there of more people realizing how important community and family and connection is. Do you feel that too?
1: Yes. I mean, I feel like that we have to realize, well, I mean, I feel like that's connected to our like next evolutionary shift in a human consciousness really is that (laughs) we, you know, lesson of the, in this like total individualism and, and understanding that we are all, you know, interdependent. Um, both like in a large sense of the word and also, you know, within our smaller communities or units. Um, So, yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely hope that that is the direction that we're going to, because I actually think that if we don't, you know, there's going to be even more dire consequences because this like unchecked individualism is actually why we're in the situation we're in right now. But that's a whole
0: other thing. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. <laughs> a whole other episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I hope that there's so much more movement um, returning to that. It wouldn't be new. It'd be a return to that. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just the idea that we really can feel supported in our lives that that mm-hmm. that is possible for us as humans. Yes.
1: Or that we deserve that. I mean, there's so many people who feel like ashamed to ask for help, or ashamed to say that they're struggling, or ashamed to have an emotional vulnerability, or you know, all of that kind of thing. Like we 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 are we put so much pressure on ourselves to like put pick yourself up from your bootstraps and, and strength is like, yeah. you know, just getting through it and sacrificing and, and all that kind of thing. And it, and it really is, it's really, uh, not a healthy formula.
0: It's not for, sustainable.
1: Yeah. It's not sustainable. And you wonder why, you know, 60% of marriages end in divorce.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big percentage. It is. It is. It is. Um, there's so much more we could talk about there. I do want to shift gears just because there's something that I've been getting a lot of questions about, and it seems like it's coming up a lot. And I really do want to hear your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people have been DMing me about what do I do if I've been out of the dating game, whether it's two years, Five years, sometimes it's even 10, 20 years. Maybe they have just gone through um a major divorce themselves, right? But now they're coming back out into dating. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious what you would say. How can they best support themselves as they're re-entering that experience?
1: I mean, I think it's in in a lot of ways, it's it's the same only you, only it's like exponentially, like there's exponential amount of like access to like visual choices, but essentially it's still the same game. I mean, it's still about um, knowing how worthy you are as a person and, and seeing other people, not as potential, (laughs) complete, um, completion packages, (laughs) but as autonomous human beings. And, you know, when I was dating a lot, like on the apps and Tinder and stuff, it would be like, I'd show up to a date. And if I decided that this isn't somebody I want to like be with, then the date was a failure. Right. Mm. And, and because the whole, the only point of the date, was to find somebody that checked all of these boxes. And if they didn't check all of these boxes, then I had a miserable time or it was a waste of time. And that is what the problem with that is that there, there's a lot of loss of a sense of humanity in the process. And you could, (laughs) I tell this story about how I was on this Tinder date and I was like, uh, failure. You know, I go there. It's like I'm not interested. They don't look like their picture, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like not even paying attention to us. Can't wait. Watching the clock, can't wait to get out of there. And when I'm getting into the cab, I'm like, we I realize well, we both realized at the same time we're neighbors.
0: Wow. We didn't know
1: that. Right. And then like the rest of the time I lived there, I basically avoided seeing this person. Now when I look back at that situation I I'm like, "Oh my god, like this person was so cool and like could have been my friend and it was so silly and and immature of me to like only see them through this one lens." And what I think that a lot, most people want to have more humane experiences dating and I think that if you go into The situation with an open heart and a willingness to stay open to the possibility of, um, seeing somebody as not just how they're going to fulfill you, but as their own autonomous person, because if you look at it from that place, you're actually going to get to have an opportunity to know them. And don't and not go into it with assumptions. Another thing I just want to say about the dating apps and all of that kind of thing is that we all have been conditioned in a society with a lot of bias. We have all been conditioned to have um, we've all been conditioned by white supremacy. We've all been conditioned by fat phobia. We've all been conditioned um, to judge people who have less money or less possessions and all of that conditioning is playing into what we think we're attracted to, or what we think we're looking for in a mate. All of that stuff is still going on in our heads, as much as we want to say, like, you know, like we we care about the person stuff, like that. That stuff is still very much in play, and I think it's really important that we start to look deeply about that, look into that more, and ask ourselves, I was like, hey, like, why, like, what is it that it what are my assumptions about this person based on these little things or based on what they say they do for a living or based on what they look like? Like, it's so funny because it's like our eyes are really just trained to have these opinions. And then when you start to really like question it and be like, Wait, where is that coming from? Like why why wouldn't I have dated a, a person that looked like that before? Like why? What is it? Like how do what what is it making me feel? Like what is it saying about me? Like is it making me feel like I'm not good enough if I date them or something like that? And when you start to think that, you it, you kind of realize that that whole thing is like there's there's a whole layer of mirage there. Like I don't know about you, but I have dated people who I thought were I was extremely attracted to and then, as I got to know them, I became less and less and less attracted to them because our hearts weren't aligned. And then there are people who, in the beginning, I was like, I probably wouldn't date them or I'm not attracted to them. And then I, the more I know them, I see such beauty in them. They become the hottest person I've ever met in my life. Like, I don't. Basically, what I'm saying is just I could so relate. Like, yeah, yeah, because. To deny that you have these biases is just being unrealistic. We can't go in this with bias. We go in this with a lot of bias. And if you're wanting to have like a new experience, you have to start kind of like being open to making new choices, to doing things differently. That's what what I would say.
0: Well, I love all of it. Thank you for that. And I love this piece about, you know, let's, let's be humans. Let's have kindness as we're going through this process. Mm -hmm. And I'll always tell the women that I'm coaching, I'll tell them you want to work to be so curious and have no expectations. And I'll say this phrase, be in the presence of the person that you're with.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. And just be open to connection because, why are we on this planet other than to just connect with people right and if it develops into something more that's beautiful and if it doesn't that's also beautiful and just mm-hmm. just as you were saying like well i actually would say a lot in the course i have there's no failure in dating Mm-hmm. I say that again and again, there's no failure. It's just experience, it's connection, it's learning about yourself, it's learning about others. And if we can approach it that way, we can actually really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and some of my most like deeply meaningful times in my life have been like very short interactions with people, like some stranger being like saying something really kind to me or me witnessing something that somebody does. And, you know, not people, and lots of times with people experiences with people that I don't end up having a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. with, but are impactful, or maybe like a DM with somebody like on Instagram that I, you know, that will never talk to again, but said something so yeah, every everything is an opportunity to express your higher self and to experience the world from that lens.
0: I love it. I love it so much. I feel like we've already gotten into a ton of helpful things for people, whether they are on their healing journey of focusing on relationship with themselves or they're just back out and they're starting to date again. Um is there anything that we haven't talked about that either you're really excited about right now or something that you're diving into and really kind of nerding out on? Is there anything that you would want to share with the audience?
1: Well, um, I'm really nerding out on this idea of like, I I'm a monogamous person. I always have been, but I'm nerding out on this idea of like, why <laughs> We're, we live come we have such a strong monogamous culture and one of the things that i think is super like radical is to not make monogamy the assumption you know like yep. it should yep. be a like it should be a, a, a an assumption i mean sorry it should be a discussion it it should be a conscious choice a conscious choice um And that doesn't mean that like, you're going to end up doing things that are violating your boundaries. It's just really, really like talking to somebody about like, like however you feel is okay. And like, let's just be real with each other. Um, I don't know. I, I really, really like that because I did, I am a monogamous person and, you know, I, I've always been that way, but I know it isn't the right thing for everybody. I, you know, and, and, I don't like how, how we automatically say that that's the moral correct way to be in a relationship.
0: I appreciate that. And that's, that's something I've thought about as well. And just thinking about all the different relationship structures and realizing that there's people who gravitate towards structures that are not, you know, the traditional monogamy and that there really should not be shame associated with that. But it is to the point when you say where, I mean, there is so much shame and stigma that a lot of people don't get to explore and actually yeah. determine what's best mm-hmm. for them because of the barriers.
1: Yeah. And that's also too, like why a lot of people, you know, why there there's, is so much cheating, you know, because people don't know how to talk about desire with their partners not to say that like they need to be with any somebody necessarily but because there's this like untalked about aspect you know that there or shame aspect a lot of the times that that the shame gets channeled into these like other shameful experience or experiences in the shadows or like lies and dishonesty and all that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I guess just I think the more open we can be and more accepting we can be of each other's desires, sexuality, eroticism, um, the healthier our relationships we're gonna be, the better boundaries we're gonna have more honesty um, and end up, you know, being in situations that feel right for
0: us. I love that so much. So helpful. I know we could do a whole other episode on that too. Um <laughs> but thank you for sharing with that. I think it I just love the question of, oh, well that's how I am. Well, why is that? And just being curious with ourselves and our own identities and seeking to understand why and making sure that we feel like it's a reason that feels good to us and it's out of that's mm-hmm. really how we truly identify not because of shame or feeling like we have to. Mm-hmm. So I really, yeah, really appreciate that. Bunny, I, <laughs> I have one question I ask all of my guests as I'm wrapping up. So I'm going to ask you, um, if you were walking down the street and you have someone come up to you and they say, what is your best life advice? What would you say? And this has to be, it doesn't have to be like of all time, right? But currently your best life advice of the moment, what would you say to that person? You've always been enough. That's beautiful. I love it. That is a completely life-changing belief for most people. So very powerful. Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. I have to remind myself of that
0: all the time, so. Yes, 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 yes. It's a
1: practice. It's a practice.
0: Yes. When I was doing a lot of my own deep work, probably about five, six years ago on my bathroom mirror, I had it written down. I am more than enough. I have always been enough. I will always be enough. And it was a lot of those sentences just over and over and over and really about programming my brain to internalize those things.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. reprogramming.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I know the audience is going to get a ton out of this episode. I want to make sure people connect with you. I can't believe I didn't ask you sooner. So tell Hello. people where, where can they find you, um, on social media?
1: On social media, you can follow me at, at Bunny Michael on Instagram. You can follow and listen to my podcast, XO Higher Self. And it, my, I also have a Instagram for my podcast that's connected to at Bunny Michael. Go there and you can find out all the information and definitely check out my podcast, XO Higher Self.
0: And we will link everything in the show notes. And please make sure you go connect with her on social media. Her content is really amazing and really helpful. I know that you need it in your everyday life. So go connect with Buddy. Um, And once again, Buddy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And everyone, of course, we're wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon.